This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Yeah, 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 Welcome back to the Ajuma Show. Can you believe it? I How many? Believe. That is too many fucking episodes. All right, that's too that's much. Okay. One pa- palindrome. Palindrome. One nine one. That's right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, whoa, whoa. whoa. Something whoa. mystic is happening. <laughs> if you're new to the show, this is the Ajuma Show. My name is Peter Kim, and I am Unji Kim, and we are unrelated, but both queer, loud, and angry. <laughs> About a lot of things. So that's what this show's about. We scream about things we love and we hate because that's the only emotion we have is anger. <laughs> so we scream about both things. All right? This is the show. I'm so upset that I have to love something this much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys, we're going to get right into it. I'm very excited, Unji, about our kick-ass Koreans today. My oh. kick-ass Korean. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's time for kick-ass Koreans. Kia! <laughs> I love doing the kick-ass Koreans at the top, but it always gets me fucked up because I'm like, I just want to like sudatoro and like catch yes, up with you. I know because I haven't seen you, you know. I know, but <laughs> but then I'm like, oh yeah, we have to do the show. It like brings uh, focus. This is good. It brings it's focus. Good. Yes. I'm getting focus. That's right. <laughs> you guys, my kick-ass Korean this week is a chef. Uh-huh. We did a chef last week, Edward yeah. Lee. Today and that 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 really made me want to look into like more Korean chefs oh, because okay. we know the David Changs. Yes. Edward Lee, we love his fashion. Yes. He's heavily featured in the latest Portland season of Top Chef. Yes. Okay, one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> and um but I I figured there there must be other chefs around the country mm-hmm. that may not have like come up to this point yet, like to be on bravotv.com. Right. So <laughs> I did a little searching and I I just found this story of this chef to be so romantic. Ah, romantic. 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 Yes. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to share with you guys. So the um, the chef uh, and kick-ass Korean today is Chef Jae Jung. Okay. Jae Jung. Jae uh-huh. Jung. Right? Uh, who is the chef owner, proprietor, etc. of K Jun, K J U N? Oh, we love yes. a pun. We love a pun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, it is the intersection of Korean food and Cajun cuisine. Okay. We've been hearing a lot of Viet Cajun lately in yes. the Top Chef world, or like. You know, in the food, whatever. Like, I watch a lot of food shows. Yeah, no, Asian, Asian Cajun is like a thing. One, it it's rhymes. A thing. It rhymes. Asian Cajun, it rhymes. Yes, yeah. and we love a rhyme. We I love when love. two things sound alike, but yes. a little different. <laughs> and um, the Viet Cajun has been a huge thing in the Houston mm-hmm. uh, food scene, Louisiana, New Orleans area, but it's made its way to the East Village of New York. All right. Yes. And um, this person, Jae Jung, Chef Jae Jung, uh, basically takes Cajun spices and our like um, she, she calls it like a very easy fusion because both of us have like really bold flavors. Ooh. And also um, pickles are like a huge thing it's in true. both. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's easily kind of manipulated into tasting alike but different. 
just uh-huh. by a, a few degrees. So yes. it, it, it seems like it's just a beautiful fusion. And right now, uh, Chef Jun is only doing pickup and delivery outside of uh, from her from a basement of a coffee shop in East Village. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Div Chef is just grinding. Yes. All right. She's putting her hands on everything. She packs the exact things. Like she is really hustling and. Um, of course, during the pandemic, during the uh, it's still the pandemic, yeah. but early pandemic, <laughs> uh, I'm sure this was a really good way to um, not pay overhead and et cetera, et cetera. So it's true. how she even came here was she was uh, born in South Korea and then moved to um, moved to America. And then she uh, wanted to co- go to the Culinary Institute of America sight unseen. She was like, I'm just going to do it. This is the type of like bold, you know, like uh, passion move that I really, really love and I'm get inspired by. And before this in Korea, she uh, owned a kimchi restaurant uh, running, running 3000 heads of cabbage a year. Oh, my God. Like big, big business. Uh, And I believe she was doing it with her mom. And she was like, I I just I have this dream of uh, of going to the U.S. market and I want to try it. And um, and then she came and came to and then she while during the CIA, um, the Culinary Institute, she did an externship in New Orleans, fell in love with the contemporary Creole, um, you know, whole scene over there. Uh, and then uh, and then quickly just became a rock star in that scene and learned how to do all the like dark ruse and the, you know, um, making the gumbo. And she likened the gumbo to our chiges. You know, uh, yes. to be eaten with rice. So she was like, this is obviously what this is. And she started mixing and matching. So she's doing like pork ribs seasoned with Cajun spice. She, you know, like honey butter chicken. That was like a big thing. Yes. Uh, like in curry, honey butter chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now she does that, a version of that, but sprays uh, Cajun uh, spices all over it. And that's kind of her like um, thing. Yeah. Like that's what she puts it as like a side dish in her food. That sounds so, um, so good. So good. And it's, um, they say it's honestly spicy, but there's a lot of like layered creaminess and uh, um, goodness and like French style kind of American French style cooking that she's yeah. infusing into her Korean background. So I'm cool. super excited to go to New York and check this out. <laughs> if you're in New York, check it out, check her out and let us know if you like it and, um, and describe it slowly for us. Yes, please. In great detail. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, cause you know, even in Korean cuisine, you know, with the American cheese on ramen, like this mm. flavor profile is something that like Koreans uh, enjoy. I love a fucking craft single yes. on a Shin Yeah. <laughs> You know, like I, I see that like sort of it's a very easy fusion that occurs in a lot of Korean food because mm-hmm. I think so much of because so much of the current food culture comes post-war and so much of there's so much more American presence in grocery stores and, you know, like the flavor profile, you know, like mm-hmm. spam, American cheese, like all the shit that um, you would get in an aid package. Yeah, like corn. <laughs> yeah. Where would corn, corn have come from in, in Korea? <laughs> But it's like it's but, you know, this is a testament to like making something shitty good, you know, because they're like, oh, this is tastes horrible. Like American people would take it and just like put two slices of ham with an American piece of cheese. But we yeah, we (laughs) we threw it into kimchi chige and then threw a ramyeon in there and called it pude chige. Yes. Like, I mean, it's like it's but they it's it is so funny when 
at least with the Asian Cajun stuff in Chicago, a lot of them are actually owned by Korean people too. It's it, ah. it's, it is like a um, our generation, like Korean millennial type of like let's make our own business. Mm. But we're gonna and still hold true the sort of like um, distribution channels that they're familiar with connections. You know, it's like the small, mm-hmm. small ways in which like nepotism works, right? Connections yeah. and this thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You're seeing Ooh. it. I Ooh, love it. I, I'm here for Korean nepotism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I saw you shiver Ooh. when I said that phrase. Ooh, I never. I I never thought it could be possible. <laughs> yeah, it's in, in, in because of beauty supplies, f- some food markets, right, and mm-hmm. um, nails. Nails. <laughs> nails, you know, nails, 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 and dry cleaning. It's true. We've not yeah. innovated in this regard, though. In the dry cleaning, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. It's not fun. It's so. There's hot. nothing fun with that. Yeah. It's so hot in this fucking laundry. Yeah, okay. and all that like carcinogenic chemicals flying it's... in your face all day. Oh yeah, yeah, my father hasn't stopped coughing since like 1989. <laughs> Like, and it's not the cigarettes. It's not the cigarettes. <laughs> he quit. Okay. Um, my kick is Korean. I was just looking up her family because I was trying to figure out if she's from the same clothes. But um, my kick is Korean is Jennifer Ko. She was born in 1976. I love that there's not an exact birthday. This bitch remains rem- mysterious. Um, <laughs> she's from Illinois, Glen Ellen. And she is like a very famous classical violinist. Um, wow. And I... She recently put out an op-ed in the Times about how to empower Asian musicians, right, inside of the classical music world. Wait, interesting. I just read some other article where um, I think his name is not David Yoon, but David something. Mm-hmm. And he's um, he wrote he also wrote something about how Asians are invisible. Yes, in the symphony world. Yes. Whoa! I cannot believe this. And it's okay. the thing is, literally, this is cool. It is. It is because the the data is really kind of mind boggling. Because you know we know how many people do we know that uh, like I played the cello. Like it's just like I I'll, almost everyone that I know that went to college on a, a full ride was Asian uh, for musicianship, you know, classical musicians. Like, they all got rides uh, as either violinists, violists, or one of my friends, French horn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Bougie? Yes. (laughs) It's also, like, you know, very rare. So the most recent data says that 86.8% of orchestral musicians are white and 9.1% are Asian. Hmm. Now, among... Executives in classical music, 91.7% are white. And the mm. percentage of ethnic Asians in these management positions is too small to even be included. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're overrepresented in the like actual musicians uh, yeah. from by by way of like the actual population. But that again, mm. even to me, seems tiny in lieu of how many Asians we know. Like in in high school, when I looked at the art orchestra, it was mostly Asian. Right. right. It's yeah. I don't think I don't. Uh, there are a lot of like fabulous Asian like string musicians. Yes. You know, Yo Yo Ma, Midori, yeah. Lang Lang. You know, there's yeah. all these like wonderful Asian um, artists, but I think it's rare. Yes. To find Asians in music in mm-hmm. professional setting like the Phil. Yes. Like the L.A. Phil. Mm -hmm. I recently, I went to the Hollywood Bowl to watch Christina Aguilera with the L.A. Phil. Cool. And I did not see one Asian. 
That's what I mean. In L.A.? In L.A. That's fucked up. They might have been in the back, like fourth chair viola or some shit. You know okay. what I mean? Like that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Every by yeah. violist viola viola. Vi- bitch, do Come we on. need a viola? Just tune the cello a little higher. <laughs> but it was what's strange to me is that one that that it's so that we're so underrepresented in a thing that for me anecdotally feels so. Um, largely abundant. Asian. Abundant, yes. correct. Yeah. And this is the thing that kind of persists. It persists is what she says, is that people that were born or trained in America are burdened with the belief that musicians uh, of Asian descent are, quote, diligent, hardworking, and technically perfect, mm-hmm. but cannot understand the true essence of music, have no soul, and ultimately cannot be true artists, end quote. <laughs> Dude, that's something that is an idea that persists. I, yeah. I've seen this actually happen. I, yeah, you're I've, a robot. Just be perfect in this thing. And yes. yeah, so you can be here. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen orchestra um, direct conductors say this to people, uh-huh. like chastise um, various uh, performers and um, string players about this. And this exact idea persists even now with regard to the Harvard admissions shit. Mm-hmm. Right? They um, contend that all the Asian candidates are technically perfect, but have no soul, aren't um, well-rounded enough. They don't have enough of this That's other garbage. thing. That's garbage. And it's totally That's a trash. Eurocentric You're just idea. jealous because we're perfect. <laughs> you're just jealous because you can't be perfect, bitch. We could be perfect and have soul, and you're just gaslighting us. <laughs> and she goes on to sit, talk about this. And I think this idea may be behind some of this idea. Um, is prejudice is that this influential conductor once told her that she could not be a true artist because he did not understand Chinese music and therefore <laughs> and therefore Chinese people could never understand classical music that's fucking dumb yes and it's it's like this one to one thing it's it's white supremacy at the yes. end of the day it's basically saying my way is the best way and if you don't like if you don't do it this way then you're not a first class citizen <laughs> it's like bitch her chinese music's been around for thousands of years before mozart was even a sperm yeah. what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> you fucking ludicrous clown <laughs> i mean it's just it's, it's one, it is supremacy, but there's just this one-to-one idea that, is, that mm-hmm. exists inside of supremacy, that if I do not understand this, it if-then equals, yeah. like this logic that needs to hold so tightly true in order for them to even understand and concede yeah. that another way might be possible. It's because these people, that equation only works if you don't put yourself in the middle. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like that logic only works if you put yourself outside of the fucking equation. But exactly. these people put them. It's all ego. They all only want it to be about their lived experience, which is the right experience. And I mean, for a while, it, that's all TV or movies have said. And it that's was, all uh, we've said and was, it was it was incumbent upon it was incumbent upon the ethnic minor, ethnic minority or minorities period or POC to learn that equation, understand how that logic operated and insert them in, insert ourselves into it inside of that specific equation and change bullshit. ourselves in order to fit that equation. If you wanted to be a part of the conversation, that's how what we had to do. And the thing is, and this same logic is the reason why 
writer, writer's room, so many, th- like this was this logic that, oh, it's because they aren't funny. It's because they're not this. They're right. not reaching a certain level of quality and <clears throat> competence that is required. They're not me and my friends. Yes. And they don't get Did it. Did they even go to Harvard? Yeah, they don't get it. So then they're not funny. So why would I hire them? Right, because people who go to Harvard are just known for their humor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone I know that went to Harvard was so deeply serious. I mean. Truly, yeah. like the most serious, non-funny people. Non-fun. Not fun. Not fun. Everyone yeah, I went that's to know, why you yes. do political satire, you fucking moron, because <laughs> that's all you have. It's math. It's math. And yeah, given, you're just doing math. But the math, even to them, is an art and something that should be intuited. Like, just like with the classical music. And the thing is, it's about the way that you feel. It's like wine with anything else. It's so deeply subjective. And so that's the reason why this idea of gatekeepers, keeping up people that are competent, mm-hmm. and showing a, a willingness to be in this world. Because even if you're really good at violin, I don't know... Everyone I know that went to school for and got a full ride. So these are people with true talent and a true mm-hmm. commitment to this thing. All of them. I would say half of them doctors, half of them just rich. And they just chose not <laughs> to do this. Yeah. So if you try to do this and to be still held back by gatekeepers, holding on to these really racist ideas about what your <sighs> intent is and what your meaning and that your artist is not good enough. I'm, in this, I'm inside fully of this, being like, triggered right now. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean... I was, when I was reading this, I was triggered too because I was realizing. This is what happens in comedy stages. Exactly. Like, this is what happens in fucking rooms. Exactly. This is what happens when you're selling shows, when you're developing. They're yes. all, everyone's going, yes, your voice, yes, your voice, yes, your voice. But the people who are saying, yes, your voice is white and straight. Yes. And they end up saying, yes, your voice, but this way. This is your voice. But I don't understand the voice. So can you yeah. like make it so, so that I can you make it like white adjacent yeah, voice? So, so I can understand it more completely? Yeah. Because that's the only way that I'll ever, you know, yeah. I don't really like Because my boss stuff. also happens to be white and he needs to understand. Yeah. I get it, but he needs to understand. He's I, old school. You know, like it's always that. It's so fucking infuriating it's, and it's and it's also not a, a part, part where they're willing to i think some people are starting to change in terms of like feeling like oh i'll i can tell you why this doesn't work in a white space mm-hmm. but even that level of um like inclusivity to like bring people in like i was thinking about how with I went through a trial period with the onion and the click hole, right? Mm. And so when we we're going through it, the, one of the big things when I went through it was they gave you no feedback. Mm. Absolutely none. So across You the love board, that. N- n- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Uh, in, in order to do this thing that I've been aspiring to do, I now get to get a true opportunity and having demonstrated the competence to receive no feedback about why I was failing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they refused. And it had been like a thing. And mm. what was bizarre to me is that they continued to struggle with diversifying the writer's room, even though they went out of their way. It's this idea mm. in their head that people were not able to write jokes at a level, at, at their onion, right. that met the Iranian criteria, um, rigorous editorial criteria, right? But they gave no feedback. Mm-hmm. So only people that kept, were able to reach it happened to be... Happened to be white. Straight white men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they talk and think like them. Yes, so yeah. but the thing is they're not even giving other POC to learn what that is. 
because they did not understand yeah, they yeah. did not understand it to be a POV they don't know how to yeah. they didn't understand it to be a POV they understand it to simply be correct right. and that that is what is I mean, that happened to us at cards yes all the time they were like your your cards aren't good enough we're like no they're better than yours <laughs> you just don't you're, you're you not don't right. joke like yeah. that. You're not yeah. correct. That's just a point and of view. And we were telling them, you're not correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're correct. A room full of queer, like colorful people. Like, you, how obvious is this but, that you are so outside of correct? But that's the thing is that like the, I, the idea that it, that is the dangerous idea that you, I think with a lot of white straight men, you have to understand that it is equally as a POV. It is not simply yes. a blanket correct or not correct, funny or not funny. It is a POV. I can't tell you how many things I've sat next to people who are dying, and I'm just like, I don't like this. I can see, understand, and understand the math and why this is yeah, humorous. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not laughing. I would never write this. And I just watch yeah. them, and they're dying. And it's like, it's not only along color lines, but it's like something with references and stuff. But it, it, of course. But it would be incredibly insidious and dangerous to presume that that is correct that that is yes that that's the benchmark yes and but that's what that's what's been happening yeah and that's the that that is what's insidious about white supremacy mm -hmm. is that or any supremacy is that once that group is in control that's gonna become the default it's like it becomes rome yeah right like it's like everything is now this it's true right and it's em, 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 empirical and not empirical um is it empirical, like acting like an empire, you know, or like uh, uh, colonizing? It's the same exact thing. It's like when you when Japan came to Korea and was like, no, 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 we're annexing this and stop speaking your dirty Korean. <laughs> <laughs> and your names are Ching Chong Bing Bong. Yeah. Like we can't have that. You need to have elegant <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> Japanese names. names. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like it is paternal. And as a result, it is patronizing. Right. Like yeah. it is it is this it's such an insidious idea. And like something that at the time I didn't even recognize I was I was so desperate to get in, be included. Be included. Yeah. I knew yeah. it was maddening. But they sit. But this is what's hopeful is that since they've provided feedback, so much of their strongest contributors are people of color and women. Strongest oh, okay. contributors. And it all it cool. took was them telling that telling people that and acknowledging that it was a POV and a trick, not yes. some sort of bastion of like high, like this um, closely the secret yeah, like, guarded yeah. this labyrinth of information. No. It's like no, it's something that you can teach, and if you can learn it, then you can get you should be able to get this job. It's not right. it's not something that is like um, this elusive humor bone <laughs> that only exists in the bones of weak white men. You know, like, <laughs> like it exists in others and it can be taught and it's not altogether that rare, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's rare. In, I mean, look in the at Reductress. Yeah. They, they did the same exact thing. Yes. It's like they're taking. Yeah. But it's just on the female point of view. And, and that's what I think confounding what was so confounding to the onion, because they come from this idea that it's this is in a special Rarefied, yeah, air, and I think that same thing is going for inside of the classical world. That like this yes. classic, like anything that has this presumed air of uh, preeminence, right? This air of um, Western class, yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. It is really deeply so. And and, and yeah. that's what's so insidious about it. And the fact that they're, the well, Asian people are so deeply underrepresented and even more so inside of executive positions, like, I mean, th- these institutions, if, unless they want to continue to thrive, they need to change this POV idea, right? It's not about right or wrong, but it's simply a POV that you have. And, like, classical music has changed radically. Like, I, I, whenever people hold on to these, like, ideas of how things need to be, it's like, bitch, do you mm-hmm. remember? People, there was, like, a... People were stabbing each other with hat pins when they heard Igor Stravinsky's right. Like people have lost their fucking minds. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like this is people. There are classical stands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when standing goes wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like this is, things have changed radically, and they did, and it's actually yeah. boring now. Yes. R- relative, you know, and so yeah, if yeah. they want to change and actually remain true to the heart of classical music. Everyone will adapt. So that's my kick-ass Korean. I thought it was a very interesting article. All right, Jennifer Ko. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Look her up. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. All right, I got to talk about this, um, this news because it's very exciting. I know. I saw this. It's crazy. So um, the guy that I shot my Atlanta pilot with, Kim Young Choi. Is this Choi, him? The guy? The guy? No, that, the, the Playboy guy? No. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. Kim Young Choi is the comedian from um, Knowing Brothers. Yes, or yes. Anun Young Nim. Yes. Right? Which also is translated so ridiculously. <laughs> Anun Young Nim. Yeah. Knowing Brothers. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just not it. No. But <laughs> I know it's like the the other one that they, the was a Men of Madness on Netflix. Uh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. that's not it either. That's not what it means. No. <laughs> Whoever's translating this, like, we really need to. You are actually. You can't just Google translate. Yeah, you're doing girl, us, like this is not. You're actually doing us dirty. Dirty. <laughs> You, you must, you must cool. bring me in, please. Yeah. And also, can I just say before I get to the topic, I watched um, um, Dave episode one. Yes. Oh, we did we talk about this? The Korean that took me out in Dave. I don't you know. know how there. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but yes. I'm sorry if I've talked about this, but it still is like it's making me so angry that. People are going, all right, we're going to hire Koreans, blah, 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 but we're not going to like check that the dialect is right, you know? And, and maybe it's like a half hour comedy thing. Maybe in a prestige drama, sure, they'll do the extra research. Yeah. But little things like that make me still go, oh, they really don't care that much. But also it's you such a I mean? quick fix with a line of dialogue. Well, you were mostly born here. I was mostly born here. And that would account for his accent. Right, but it's the idea that he's presumably no. They were supposed to be in, in Korea. Korea. Yeah, and that he is from he is uh, her manager from Korea. But he they yes. could have fixed it with like, well, he was mostly you know he. Oh yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, they most, could have done something but, like that yeah, if they wanted to cast him because he's like a famous dude and like oh is he? Yeah, he's like a well known dude. Okay. He's a fr- clearly a friend, whatever. And it's like yeah, it's one line of dialogue, one line of dialogue. Yeah, it, it just like I don't know. It I, it just makes me weird. It, it just makes me. Like, uh, it feels creepy. 
I mean, it's not even like when a, I hear it. It's not even like a Daniel Day because Daniel Day's Korean instead of loss is like really not bad. But I know that if you're a Korean person, it sounds horrible. But horrible, like, yeah. But he worked at it. It's like if I was, he, yeah, he worked with a coach yeah. or whatever, right? But with yeah. this, this is like a couple of lines or whatever. And if I was him, I would have just been like, "Can we add a line of dialogue? Because I'm this is not gonna, this is gonna sound. This crazy. is not gonna sound yeah. really. <laughs> but it's it's about it's centered around a white rapper, so they're right. like. This storyline doesn't deserve this much care. That's how I'm reading into it, right. but I'm also paranoid and angry. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> Welcome to the, the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the new story is that JTBC, who is the producer, uh, which is the channel or whatever, the network mm -hmm. that runs Knowing Brothers. Yes. Okay. Um, they are entering into Hollywood in a huge, huge way. Yes. They uh, they just bought a major majority share uh -huh. of uh, CAA's content company called WIP. Yes. W-I-I-P. Which are they handled just Mayor of uh, Easttown. Oh, my God. Did you see Mayor of Easttown? It looks too serious. I can't. Unji, it's so good. It's, it's so, you have to watch it. Okay. It's funny, too. Okay. And Gene Smart so, is so good. And if, are you watching Hacks? Yes. She's a completely different character. Okay. She's killing it in both. Like, I want everything good for her. Yes. She's really, really phenomenal. Anyway, um, they d Whip, WIP, just did Mayor of Easttown. They're, you know, plugged in with HBO Max. And they, um, I, I think CAA owned the majority of it. Anyway, now they bought into 60%. Mm -hmm. And CAA, which is a big um, agency out here, um, they and another at Water company, Capital at Water Capital own twenty percent. Yes. So, uh, so what a huge thing! Huge. This is like, this is like when Hybe. Remember when Hybe bought into Scooter Braun's company, yes. Ithaca Holdings? Yes. And now they run not just BTS, but Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And just also recently, CJ Entertainment, who did Parasite. Um, Etc. They they do like those huge uh, movies in Korea. Mm -hmm. uh, they invested into sk the studio Skydance last year um, as part of a two hundred seventy five million dollar funding around with other investors. They went in on Skydance. So like Korea is like coming in and basically buying out studios. I know. I or know. Buying into studios. Instead, you know, because there's not much, um, you know, you, you, I, don't, I bet like in Seoul that you can't really scale that much as far as space. So uh, Korea is a tiny country. So I'm sure land is very hard to come by. But if they could buy into studios here and production companies here, then they could shoot here. There's more relationships here. So they're going to be controlling more and more of... Uh, American content. I mean, they, and JTBC been, yes. also, yeah, they're also the um, guys who did, or the people who did um, Itaewon Class, yes. which we watched on uh, this podcast yes. <laughs> together. That <laughs> <laughs> was amazing. I mean, yes, they're not only at this point. So I think I can see why they followed this money here because yeah. they were controlling the means of production, right? So, mm -hmm. but in order to reach levels of distribution, they've gotten to this big money, right? There's no yeah. way they're ever going to reach, there's not going to be a Korean rival to fucking Netflix at this point, right? No. They're a little too late to this game. That's why they're buying into this. If they could have, yeah. I'm sure they would have. 
Yeah. But it's, and Netflix has to do licensing deals with Korean studios because like they can't create the content themselves. They you know, never like, were. They're never going to. That's not their there's not their That's not their thing. Yeah. yeah. They're a tech company that is now like fucking running Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> I mean and, and it's because they control the means of distribution. Right. Yes. They, so they're all these content providers. So it's like you see them handling it on both ends. It's like the CAA content part. Right. So they have access to all this new talent that they're going to have to now. I mean, just money, money, money. Like there there's no reason why. And I can see it's, it if they were going to. The door has been kicked open. Because if them. this many people are this interested in Korean content, there's no reason why. You know, like, yeah, I'm gonna, and they're going to do a, uh, an English version, yes. an American version of Itaewon class, because these are stories that clearly like resonate, rung a bit, resonated. So they're like, all right, let's do it again. You know, how, like they always redo Korean shit. They're redoing Parasite, you know, like ugh, it makes me sick. But anyway, <laughs> good for them. Yes. Good for them for doing that. And also that means good for us. Good yeah. for us, because we are now. Korean actors, Korean American actors mm -hmm. that can now have much more visibility. Right. Now that this is becoming more of a, you know, China did it first. Like China's been investing in Hollywood for Decades. years yeah. now. D yeah. At least the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And now you're, we're going to start seeing, you know, like uh, when you go to the movies, we used to see like Chinese uh, production company title cards. Yes. Now you're going to see like CJ Entertainment and JTBC Studio yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? You're going to see, like, SVS presents or yeah. some shit. It's going <laughs> to fucking blow my mind. It's going to blow my mind. <laughs> I mean, the, the Chinese uh, money getting involved is, like, the <clears throat> rise of uh, the adventure. Like, all these, like, Michael mm -hmm. Bay shit. It's, like, the reason why there's one word, one line of dialogue per, like, 10 minutes of action is because it's for <laughs> the Chinese market. I mean, mm -hmm. you're seeing the influence of it. What's interesting to me with the Korean influx and the Korean rise is that it's the stress on story because yeah. they've already experienced so much success inside of asia like exporting this culture mm -hmm. whereas chinese culture has not had the same success they haven't figured out yeah that they sauce. don't have a hallyu no, yet they do not have that sauce yeah. and they haven't figured i'm sure once they do and it's be, because be i i really think it's because they just have more of a stronghold on their speech yes you know and korea you know, tends to do whatever America does. It's true. So we've kind of perfected pop. Yeah. And perfected now drama and like Hollywood. Now we have to just perfect comedy and we're golden. <laughs> <laughs> so someone out there get to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll stay here. <laughs> just let us know when you need us. <laughs> yeah. So I th I, that, that, it, this is such a cool thing uh, to be, especially for us to to be, you know, actors and to be, you know, working here and trying to like fucking do the shit. And uh, for these huge moves to be made, I, it just makes me feel like, yeah, we're 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 good. We're in the right place. I mean, the amount of money that is being discussed inside of this was crazy, and it is a yeah. huge. I mean, this is like chips all in. They're officially mm -hmm. huge players in the game. Like yeah. we're, it's, it's done like yeah. and it's not just in one way, but in multiple avenues, not just with content, but distribution like and then with the Netflix investment in South Korea, it's kind of like all coming together in a way that's mm -hmm. like when I saw this in the L.A. Times, I kind of was like I gasped. <laughs> I gasped because I was yeah. like, oh, this is like, this is huge. Just actually huge. changes the landscape a little bit. Yeah. Like there's a new gonna, hill. There's a new mountain. Yeah. 
and we're on t- we're already on top of it. Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> me personally, but I do know people at the top. No, we, I, we, yeah. as in like you know, a Korean. It's someone we can text up there, maybe. <laughs> Facebook message, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it's really exciting when I saw it. I was like, oh damn! I was wondering if you knew that guy that was uh, in the. No, no, yeah. no, no, no way. I know the guy who whose show is on this guy's network. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that'd be cool if like JTBC, for example, if they get involved and, you know, they're one of their talent on their network, it, they find out that they're doing, you know, this if if our show goes, yeah. that could be a nice way in to like, hey, we already have the connection and this could be like a project that they, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> JTBC, all right? If you want to get involved. Okay, Peter, talking about um, just like to catch up for the week. Um, mm-hmm. So wait, how has how your week been? My week? Yeah. I, it has been really slow and chill. And um, I've been on pins and needles waiting for a announcement. Nothing yet? For Kim Spa. No. So I, I can tell you guys, I have my scripts are in, and now I'm just waiting. No, still and no word? No word. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you can imagine how I feel. I'm like texting my yeah. managers like, what is fucking good? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's stressful. It's stressful because I'm just like waiting around and but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to like relax about it and not think about it every fucking day. You know, okay, and because like every morning I wake up, I'm like, okay, did they read yeah. it? What's going on? Like, you know, and I've I've worked so I've worked so much on this for so long, since 2018, yeah. and um, it's finally at the end, you know? So now I'm like, uh, it's just, uh, yeah. So I've just been hanging out. Maybe I, I've been maybe in like a little bit of a depression yeah. after like all of it. So yeah. I've been just like binging TV. I finished Hacks. <laughs> that was really great. I loved it. Have you watched Starstruck? <laughs> no. It's good. Is it yeah. good? Oh, okay. I'll get into yeah. that. I watched Full Bloom. So. The flower, it's like the florist um, show on HBO Max. It's like, it's all gays and it's fabulous and it's stupid and it's boring. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, I'll watch it because it's like pretty thing. People are making pretty things. It's about gardening? <laughs> no, like floral arrange- arranging. It's competitive floral arranging? Competitive floral arranging. <laughs> <laughs> it is the gayest thing in the I mean, world, but HBO? I fucking love it. It's on HBO. It's on HBO Max. It's a Max Ridge. <laughs> How was your week? That was my week. How was your week? <laughs> okay. I, this to me is like someone was in a pitch meeting and was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, the budget for it is crazy. The amount of fucking fresh cut flowers they have. Yes. Like the variety and to all, keep them all in water. And yeah. And the, the production value is really high. Okay, go off HBO Max original. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, if you need something to relax you, you should okay. watch it. I, cause, I mean, this sort of sounds like a gay British bake- baking show. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's basically that. Okay. Yeah. I like. I actually do like that idea. 
Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that's the only way that something like this could be in America would be with gays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Who else is arranging flowers? <laughs> I mean, it could be crazy white white crazy white ladies. Oh yeah, you'll see those okay. too. <laughs> so, those are the their natural, you know, like uh their natural allies those two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um I am just I am freshly back from a week in the woods of Michigan. Oh, okay. Covered in mosquito bites. I oh I my. had a crazy allergic reaction to like a fly bite. And a fly. I, I gotta send you this picture. My leg blew up. I had to take antihistamines. No. I they, I was worried that I had like a <gasps> like a bacterial infection. It was huge. Oh my god. A fly? I don't think that was a fly. It was a biting fly that exists in Michigan. Yo, it's crazy. No, I don't want to. It's crazy. It was. I was on the beach, Fuck and I that. hate the beach. So all of it was just like stuff that I don't really do well with. And then okay. So let me ask you. This was a family vacation. This was me, and it was just my family and my in-laws. Uh huh. Oh god. In a tense time. Oh. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Peter, because I, I don't have any siblings. I don't have any siblings. Whatever. I never uh-huh. had that many cousins and all. What do who is the favorite in your among your siblings? Because I'm my mom's favorite, and my brother is my dad's. But my dad's dead now, so my mom like kind of favors my brother again because she feels bad for him. Okay, I think I'm her like true true blue favorite. But my brother is she like worries about him more. Okay, so when it was in action, she like babies him more. So when it was in action. (laughs) Like, as the favored, did you know that? Have you known that always? Did it change how you behave? Did it change? Um, as the favored yeah. one? I just always behaved. To, my brother's seven years younger than me, so I just always thought of him as, like, <laughs> stupid and lame. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked around, like, very confident, like... This kid is nothing. Yeah. He is dumb. He can't even talk. <laughs> Age seven, I was like, you know, um, I was like fucking saying Bible verses in front of the church. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like long ones from like Psalms, yeah. the shit that don't even make sense, yeah, yeah. you know? <clears throat> and I always felt like he was just kind of lame. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I guess because like a child, like I always felt like his parent. Okay. So it was, it was, I, I, I just always like walked around like I was a shit. I made him get me water. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> you treated him like your assistant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel bad now. Do you think he, but, did he, did, yeah. did he know, realize it though? That you were the favorite? Maybe. I bet. Do you think he ever resented you? I, of course. Really? But I made up for it a lot. Okay. Like, when I, when I left, when I was 18, I gave him my um, ID. Oh. And he's seven years younger than me. So. <laughs> so this 11-year-old boy. Like, 11-year-old trying to go get, had my. Trying to get cigarettes and pornography. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe 12, 13, like he started smoking and drinking like 12, 13 when I did, yeah. you know? So like, I was like, yo, as your brother, I don't have much to give you, but here's a good time and you could be cool around your friend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's like a young thing to do, it is. you know? It is. 
Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I think I made up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, why? Yeah. Why do you ask? Because I've never experienced this, and I'm on the other side, other side of it. I'm your brother. I'm your brother. Like, you're the l- least. You're an only child, though. Yes, but my husband is not uh-huh. the favored son. Oh, but he is the oldest. So I have all this responsibility as like the daughter of the, the of the oldest. Yeah, as a daughter-in-law like, of the yeah. oldest, you know, and of the first in the family. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, so Russian Jews do that too. I mean, like the head Bionuri, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's just Russian because there's a lot of Russian stuff that's very like Asian. There are like oh, there's okay. like levels of like respect and like this sort of no thoughtful, not so thoughtful. <laughs> no nunchi. Yeah, it's not like that. But it's I don't know. This is my only perspective into it. But it's just like I there is all this stuff to it, and so for me as an only child, I feel all this outrage. You know, and I'm just like, mm. I feel like I got to say something. I don't think anyone realizes I'm being sh- treated badly. I'm like, I want to speak to a manager immediately. Wait, so you've noticed that your husband gets treated badly? Not badly, but like. Or worse than his brother? We are. It, it, he's just given less consideration, I think. Okay. It's like a level of patience and like largesse about certain types of um, like opinions and like. He's given him way less leeway to be dumb or exp- uh, to do this or to mess, to up, mess or, up or to like yeah. have an opinion about something that might be wrong. Like it's very bizarre. It's like just less. I can only explain it as much less patience with anything he says. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's, and you're not, you're not biased. You're like objectively viewing this. Well, yeah. So I asked my husband about it like a couple of years ago. So I'm like, is, do you not feel this? I mean, like, and he's like, yeah. yeah, of course it happens. He was kind of like, yeah, duh. Someone is always the favorite one. But he's like, but you get over it. Is his younger brother married? Uh-huh. To who? Someone better than me. Like who? A late, like, a, like a successful lady who's like tall and comes from a nice family and all this stuff. <coughs> but another white girl? Yeah, yeah. Not Jewish, though. I mean... Not Jewish? No. Oh, okay. So I, is that, imp- yeah. It is, it is. Is that important for them? I think so. I think so. Okay. But it's also not a big deal, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But it's more that I think for me, he was, I've researched this ad nauseum now because I'm just like, I don't, I need to know who to speak to. I need to figure out how to process <laughs> this. Because truly, I mean, as an only child, I can't tell you this level of outrage I feel. Like, I feel so deeply. Like, it's it's like, it's, I've never been to this kind of store before and I don't know how it works. And so I've looked it up and literally everything I've read has been, you got to get over it. It is just, the <laughs> it's just like, it's like, as a parent, you will like one more and you will yeah. get along with one more. You will have a more uh-huh. immediate and easy connection with one more and it's going to be yeah. different. And for people who get married into it, as from yeah. all the forums that I've read, like ladies who are losing <laughs> their minds. Um, I'm not like that, but I mean, the ladies who are just like truly enumerate every single way in which they, they've been slighted. I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. Mm. But like, literally the only advice they, they receive is, yeah, so yeah, that's how it is. That's how it be that sometimes. Sucks. Like it's literally like <laughs> the only advice. And like, it's about your own attitude. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, that is uh, because at the end of the day for you, if that was you, mm-hmm. you could at least like do something about yes. it. Yes. And be like, hey, I want to b- 
build a bridge yes. to our relationship, dad or whatever the fuck, yeah. right? But since this is your um, your husband, yes. your work is what to motivate him to be treated better, so that you by proxy get treated better. But I don't. It's not even that I get treated worse. It's like it's just. You just can't stand that he gets treated worse. I, I can't stand this injustice. You know, I'm a progressive person. <laughs> what does that have to be, do with uh, any injustice? Being any injustice in the world, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> that is not what that means. <laughs> Yo, that's gotta be hard though. But that's gotta okay be hard to it. like watch your. But he's okay. He is. He's totally okay oh. with it. It's never occurred to him. It didn't even bother him. He was just like, "You bringing it up is actually worse." Now I do see it, and I'm like, "Okay, I was out." Oh. Yeah, and that's the thing is like he is so it's so deeply embedded into the family structure of things, and it's not even. You gotta bring it up. You gotta bring it up because I bet it's fucking uncomfortable for you. It's just yeah, but the thing is, why is it uncomfortable for me? Is it just because I? And, and that and that's, that's it's weird. uncomfortable to see someone you love get treated bad. Yes, that's how what I dealt with, you know, with Eric and his family. Yeah. You know, like it's a lot of that, and you, I, I, I get it. It's a lot of like you coaching your partner, like you deserve better. Yeah, stand <laughs> you up can, for yourself. Like. Yeah, hey, it's not sexy that you get bullied by I, your family. I, I find you less. I find that your dick gets smaller with every time. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> Every time you cower you to your father, my pussy gets drier with each day. Yeah. Maybe that that could be like overtly said, like, "Hey, that's a turn off." But it's it's just that I. But the thing is, to what end? And that was sort of the larger point: is that this will ultimately cause more friction. And this is not an ROI situation. Is what's the return on this investment? What's the best case scenario? And knowing. Your family. Best case scenario is like come to Jesus. Everybody comes to Jesus and kumbayas it out. There's no way that that's not the best case. <laughs> that's that's a, that's an idea. That's a fantasy situation. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a fantasy draft. Now I'm talking about best case scenario. It's going to be a protracted uh, denial, and and then they, they won't get mad, but they'll be defensive, and they'll yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, that's the best case scenario. So it's just like the return for you. I think the best case scenario for you personally is to figure this out on stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? And get it out because you clearly can't. This is not. This is a Sisyphusian. Yeah. Sisyphian. Sisyphian. Sisyphean. Whatever. Sisyphean. It's like Sisyphus to fucking roll this <laughs> up the hill. And what? They don't have that many years left. Yeah. Like, do you? It's a lot of that, yeah. right? Like, do you really want to fucking fix this relationship? No. Like, let him do it as a ghost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what my dad's doing. Yeah. My. <laughs> my dad and I fixing our relationship through like Ghost Dad, which I might pitch as a movie. Yeah. But like, like you in know, the redo like of the Bill Cosby a, movie. Oh, was that a movie? Yes. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Was it good? Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. Yeah. Sound off in the comments, guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's out now. He's not a criminal anymore. <laughs> no, he's an ex-con. He's an ex I guess. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. if you, I can't believe he's out. I know. I mean, I, I mean, just like devastating to get that push notification yeah. from the Times. But like, I mean, <laughs> it was. I was just like, I don't need this Times. Don't tell me this. <laughs> Bury this news Like what the fuck Yeah seriously Like you just ruined brunch Like <laughs> I mean I do I think that's a great How is How have your um, Meetings with your father Been coming along lately They've been pretty good 
I've been trying to listen more mm-hmm. and try to hear him say nice things. Oh. And um, it's hard. It's definitely hard. Yeah. But like, I like, <laughs> I force it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I told you, right, that I, I talked to my mom about it. No, you did not tell me. I talked to my mom in Atlanta about this. And I revealed to her that I was going to therapy and taking antidepressants. Yeah. And she got like, she was very like um, concerned and also upset by it. But, you know, I was like, well, I'm doing something. Yeah. I'm like taking, I'm trying to be actively getting better. Yes. And she was like, by especially with like talking to dad. And she was like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't want to think about the past. And I was like, I get it, but like, you know, okay. And she goes, yeah, because if I, if I think about the past, I, I don't think I could live. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, uh, uh, seven in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, but you yeah. know, it's a sadness. It's a real sadness yeah. where she's like, She's honest about it. She's like, I don't dwell on it. I just look forward. I, I, I want to just go golf with my friends and have a good time. And life is good. And I'm like, that's another way to do it. Yes. You know, like it's deep compartmentalization. But I mean, she's 63 years old. You know what I mean? Like it, it, whatever her life is now is going to be her life. Could it, could it get better? Sure. But like, I'm not trying to make her do what I'm doing. You know, like yeah, I mean, I'm still young is, enough to like rewire something. Yeah, and the work is so arduous. And like, it's hard. And it's hard. It's hard. And it's also, it's hard to argue with results. Like, I know people that are like this. My parents are like this. It's kind of like, never look back. Like, why? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's That's painful. like Korean immigrant yes. style. It's like, we don't look back at the pain. No. We just, that's the Han. It's fucking <laughs> rotting inside of us. I mean, and the thing is, it's hard to argue with results. It's like, she is relatively happy. She does like to do she this. Is. It is. It has worked for her. And the thing is, it is generally, it generally works for most people, you know, like yeah. to kind of compartmentalize and move on and kind of put it somewhere. As long as it's not adversely affecting your life and your the lives of your family members, then, you know, she, yeah, she, my parents are 70. I'm not going to ask them to change. Yeah. I will ask them to. Just, I will insist that they apologize. <laughs> yeah, you need to get yours. I need to get mine, and I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we're at a stalemate, uh, baby. Yeah, my parents. Wow, you know it's tough, guys. Sometimes there just isn't answers. Like you got to deal with, you know, your husband's thing. Uh, you know, being in love or being in a relationship, you you take on the other person's entire stuff. Yes, their joy, their fears, their baggage. Like I, I, six years in, I'm starting to realize what a relationship is, yeah. and it it's <laughs> it's tiring. <laughs> It's tiring, yeah. but it's it's it, but it's also it feeds you mm-hmm. when when you need it. And I, I was thinking about how I approach joy and how I actually don't approach it, and I hide from it, yeah. and I deflect it a lot. Yes, and I have been called out by some friends <laughs> that I have issues with joy. <laughs> <laughs> I have some issues with joy. <laughs> I've never heard I that word don't. said with so much annoyance. 
I do. I, you know, it, it, it's intertwined with my, um, my intimacy issues as well. Yeah. I, I'm very like, I have weird stuff about intimacy and joy both tied to the same thing, I think. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm trying to like sit in moments of joy so that I can use it as fuel for the bad moments to come yes. because it will, it always fucking does. Yeah. And the good moments, you know, like it's fucking cyclical. So like I'm trying to be less like holding on to the dread and bad mm -hmm. because boy, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, <I've, laughs> Woo, I'm good at it. I've uh, proved that I can and I will and I shall <laughs> excel. Doesn't matter how many haters are out there. Don't think I can hold on to something petty, but I will. Yeah. For years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will shock you when I come and wreak yeah. my vengeance. But like, I, I, you know, Peter, you're so right with the joy. It's like, it's stuff that you put into the plus column. Because there will be enough mm. things that will, and you, your own uh, like foibles and your own pain. That's a lot of stuff in the negative. So anything mm. you can try to do to put some stuff in the plus column. You know, when like the yeah. when the rain comes, like just to have a, a small memory, an ember of joy, like that's the yeah, thing when you do the- Yeah, an ember of joy. Yeah, because I mean like that's when you do the calculus on everything. The joy is adds to that plus column and then makes you feel like things are worth it. It only enhances. Yeah. And it's so little. Yeah. It requires a little, it really does require you to just let stuff wash over you as opposed to fight it. Oh, I know. I know. And so like that I need yeah. someone I need a joy therapist <laughs> or or joy trainer. Can someone help me with that? <laughs> Some people out here be fucking smiling. You know what I mean? <laughs> people around here walking around wide mouth, tooth showing smiles. No. Teeth smile teeth, teeth showing Yeah, open ass mouth smile. They're just walking? <laughs> no, I mean like in conversation or whatever. Oh, okay. Like I was recently at a friend's uh, birthday party uh -huh. and, you know, it was one of those where like, oh, it's like uh, you're kind of meeting the friends, other friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not <clears throat> it's it's a position where I am completely vulnerable. Yes, you are. And, you know, uh, I haven't done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're mostly thinking. verbal. Yeah, but yeah, I see you. sometimes mm -hmm. spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And. Yeah, so I, exactly, I'm vulnerable to attack. I know what I I can see you right now and why you're anxious. But okay, go on. And I, and I was sitting with someone that I I've never met before, mm -hmm. but because I I know that my friend is a good person, this yeah. person must be a good person. And this person's just smiling and, and laughing and and having a great time telling a story and I was just like Wow, there, there. You must have like a flow of energy that mine. The flow is like the other way. Yeah. it's getting, it's being depleted <laughs> at every moment. And this per person is getting fed. Yeah, you know, by being here and blah blah, and by being in this space in this party, I was just being drained by the <laughs> second. <laughs> and I, I just was like, I, I wonder if I can switch that somehow or is there no way to switch it and i have to like buttress it with something else yeah that's a, that's a thing i mean i i just haven't come from like a lot of time with a lot of people i feel very drained i feel very drained i feel drained but i'm also very giving right especially when other because the nunchi and all the stuff i'm like in a situation i'm constantly minding other people's feelings 
and yeah. and like also like navigating stuff. It's like it is very draining. But because I'm it's ultimately draining. a person that needs to recharge. Like, was this person on mushrooms? That sounds crazy to me. No, okay. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Just on pure joy. They they looked s- stupid and crazy. Yeah. But like, I would like that. I'd like to invite that into my life. Stupid and crazy. Feeling stupid and crazy. Should we microdose? Should we? I have some right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Should we try it? Okay. Let's try it. Okay. And then let's come back. <laughs> let's come back and do AMA. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to microdose and we'll be right back. <laughs> And we're back. Back, baby. <laughs> it's time for AMA. Boragua. <gasps> <laughs> so this is the section of the show where you uh, submit your questions. You can submit it at ajimashow at gmail.com or to our socials. Mm-hmm. And we'll answer them. We'll, uh, to, uh, we'll try to answer them as honestly as possible. We do. And today, the question came in. And it's, um, oh, the meanest thing you've ever done or has been done to you. I know what the meanest thing I've ever done is. You know it off the top of your head? I think about it all the time. Tell me. I tried to rectify this like a couple of months ago during pandemic. Oh, okay. Remind me. It was, I was very mean to this Korean adoptee and I like bullied oh. her. And I remember, and it was, she was also like single white femaling me, like popping me in all these ways. <laughs> But it's also like I, you know, how I'm, old? How old were you? I were uh, twelve or something, right? And so, like at that point, it's like kichane, you know, that's like yeah, really yeah. like, like it's an annoying thing. Um, yeah. Like now, I love being twinsies, but at the time, you are the only one that wants to wear that limited two T-shirt on a Thursday. Like you know, you have to arrange shit like that with girls at new grade. <laughs> it's nuts! It's nuts! I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's nuts, and it's yeah. what it was. But I was very cruel to this girl um, in ways mm. that I am actually ashamed to enumerate. Really. Um, <laughs> I did do psychological, a psychological warfare on her and she did it onto me as well but I did it in a way that was that came from a place where because I'm an only child because I'm like it, it had to have been because she had white parents and like at that time that felt like so that's all you want cool. you want white you parents want white- you want like you want TGIF yes I want a, ABC family I want, pe- yeah. I want to have pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh-huh, and, and, uh-huh. and Frito chips. You don't want to have to be like breathing in fucking dry cleaner fumes. Yeah, I, and I don't want to have to explain what wasabi <laughs> chips are. You know, like the, the you know, those yeah. little candies or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. that's so, I'm sure. But I was so mean to her. And then recently I tried to look her up and find her. And I reached out to like various like people from my elementary school who I hadn't spoken to in 20 years to try to track her down. Because she's totally off mm. of all socials. Wow. Yes. Whoa, you drove her off socials. No, no, no. I think she did. She <laughs> Something happened for sure. And I think Whoa. she seems very happy. I think she is out. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. From, oh, good. From my deep investigation into her life, because I did. <laughs> I went to, I did email her alumni association to find out where she was. No. Did they email you back? Peter, no, of course not, because that is a crazy violation of privacy. Yes. Um, and an insane thing for me to have done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Why were you tracking her down to apologize? I don't know. 
Because obviously apologizing at this point would be fucking insane and actually detrimental and more so much more about how I felt than how she felt. I think right. in my mind, I needed to make sure she was okay. Oh, okay. And yeah. for my own peace of mind. And it seemed like sure. she had found, one, she's clearly, um, I think, uh, alienated, like has is does not keep in contact with this family anymore. Mm. Um, and I don't know why. But the her old house is still in her in uh, the family name. But <laughs> listen, Peter, I am not proud of any part you of this. You are sick. I guess you I'm are. Sick. I'm sick. You're ill. I'm, yes, of course I'm. I'm deranged. What are you talking? Oh my I God. fucking emailed her alumni association again. Oh God. I'm an old friend. Like I didn't even try to pretend I didn't do. I just was like, Hey, literally was like, I'm a crazy person. Do you know where she is? And <laughs> they're like, clearly not going to respond. But I, she seems, I think she's out. She's living her best life okay. in New York. And beautiful. Yeah. Like it seems like she is cut off. And like the fact that she's off of social is like actually, to me, really healthy. She seems like she helps people and oh, is wow. a successful okay. person. And um, yeah, like has found like a good crew of friends. Maybe if you weren't mean to her, she would have never become this like person now. You know what I mean? You let you really made her build character at a young age. <laughs> I mean, and now she's she's she helps now. She's a helper. It's clearly something was something else was happening. I mean, it, and it was the same thing yeah. with me. Something else was also happening in my life. That's the reason why I reacted this way. You both, I hope yeah. I because we were actually friends as well. So I, that's the only kind of person you could be really that, that mean to, you know. Um, mm. So yeah, that's the meanest I've ever been. Um, and I, I did say fucked up shit about the fact that she was adopted. Um, <laughs> yes, oh I said. God. I said I'm not proud. About what I did. Oh my God. Um, but <sighs> but the meanest thing that's ever been done to me is many things. But like I've been like, at, you know, multiple times I've been uh, cast aside from groups of girls and friendships and stuff. The Like the worst one is probably when a girl like threw, I was trying to start a friendship club. I was trying to, I was kind of like scamming her a little bit, but like, um, not, she. What? I was trying to, you sold her something? No, she just needed to pay dues. She's the only person, a member of this friendship club. You created a friendship club and you made people pay dues? Yes. <laughs> what did they get? We were going to buy a cooler <laughs> to go on a picnic. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, what the fuck? Anyway, she, got, she became friends with Hannah Yang at church. And Hannah Yang, obviously, like what we were talking about, like started whispering to her, hey, you deserve better. If you, <laughs> you shouldn't be falling for this. And then she, I remember going there for a meeting and she was like, I'm not letting you in. I don't want to be in this friendship club anymore. And she took all the money that we had been gathering and threw it into this driveway, like just scattered. And I just like <gasps> weeping, just picked up every single penny. In this, because I know I still had to. I wanted to get that cooler, you know. There were coins. <laughs> was, Why were there coins? This is mostly How much coins. were the dues? It was five dollars a week. She paid most of the time in quarters. Five dollars a week? <laughs> that is so much money. Bitch, How we many were people we were trying cool to get to this cooler by the end of the summer, and I wasn't paying, so it's just her. How much is a cooler? Like thirty bucks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So anyways, oh I picked God. up every single one of these coins. Me crying. She's yelling. Her and Hannah yelling from this behind the screen door. I'll never forget it. I mean, that, that to me was more horrific than Damn, being, that's yeah. fucked up. That to that's me was up. more horrific than the... Throwing money is fucked up. I, that never yeah. felt more like Jesus in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. what about you? What about you? <clears throat> well... I, the meanest thing I've ever done... I've done so many mean things. <laughs> I know, me too, me too. I don't know how to, yeah, I don't know how to, I guess like oftentimes I don't know that I'm being mean. Mm. So those are the things, I can't, I don't know if I could count those things because sometimes I just say things off the top of my head, I have no filter and it comes off shady. Sure. Yeah, but trust me, if I'm being, if I'm like trying to be shady, like I'll lean into it, you know, like. (laughs) You have no nuance. (laughs) No nuance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, okay. Well, in in high school, I did find out that this kid. I was a sophomore, and this kid was a freshman, and he had glasses. And he, um, <laughs> I don't know why that mattered. Oh, it does matter. So he, someone told me that he was like talking shit about me on AIM, right? And I was like, who the fuck does this thing? kid think he is and i thought i was like a gangster back then. oh yeah i remember the bangs yeah the bangs (laughs) so i was like meet me up on top of this hill that yeah and everyone's like you're gonna fight yeah i I was gonna like fuck him up Ah! and i and then he was like what's going on and he was so sweet and (laughs) he was so small he was not he was a freshman small you know what i mean not like a small person but i and then my the, the, my friends behind me was like, slap him, <gasps> slap him. And I was like, can you take off your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> and then I slapped him. And I felt bad immediately because I just don't think that's, that's just not me. Like, even though, like, I can be very, like, I can use my words to sting. Yeah. Like, physical violence is just not, it's not for me. It's beneath you. It's beneath me. Yeah. I have a mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and vocabulary. Like, I don't need to use my fingers, you know? So I felt immediately like, oh, gross. I can't. Uh, why am I doing this? And I don't know if I've ever apologized. I'm sorry if you're out there and you're listening to this. I'm really sorry. Um, I think his name was James. I forgot his name. Oh, that's, that's even worse. <laughs> that's the meanest thing I've ever done. Yes. Can you remember the pe- person you slapped? It's not because you're not worth worthy of remembering. Like I don't remember some of my dear friend names. You know, like I, it's the it's the weed. <laughs> I have like I have a weed. Fog. I remember every single person I've ever slapped. How many people have you slapped? Four. Whoa! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like feeling devastated because I slapped this one nerd. I mean, I, you know, I just described, I was a very angry kid. I used to get in fights. Yeah, I've gotten in a fight at church. I got in a fight at church. A girl, wow. I, I still have like a scar from the time the girl slapped me. We got in a fight. I slapped, I've wow. slapped two dudes and I've slapped a grown man. Wow, a grown man. Yeah, at a bar. I feel like slap people. Wow, if for I don't, I don't, being if, disrespectful. That's right. 
Wow. Yeah. I love a slap. I mean, if, I love a good slap. Listen, if some horrific shit is coming out of your mouth, <laughs> let me tell you right I gotta now, shut it up. you gotta shut it up. <laughs> I mean, this was a really a whor- this was a really drunk guy, and he had been pestering. You know that that it was. I don't feel. I was immediately no. thrown out. I didn't feel. Ever, I, I didn't feel any remorse. I don't feel any remorse. No, about it. you shouldn't. I, you I, shouldn't. I, not, I feel no remorse about it. I um, feel bad that I, I like had a uh, what is you know rage blackout sort of situation. I do regret mm-hmm. that because I hate being feeling that out of control. Um, but the rest of them, when I was very young, I mean, I have a really, I used to have a really bad temper. I used to want to fight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this would happen. I think I, for me, that is how I learned to process anger. You know, when you get, I think I've when you get, never yeah. wanted to fight. Yeah. I've, yeah. For me, that's the way I reacted to my parents hitting me. I was just like, oh, I see what you do when you get angry. You oh, hit people that's in the face. What, you hit people. <laughs> <laughs> you slap. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that happened to me too. And I think that's why like, it felt so good to slap this kid because yes. it felt like righteous. Yeah. But I immediately felt bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, If I slapped, slapped someone bigger and worse than me, yes. I think I would feel incredible. Yeah. You know, like if I got to slap, like I don't know, like Don Jr. Yes. Or like Jared Kushner. Ugh. I just want to like... Ugh. Those are very slappable faces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I think every single person I've ever slapped has not only been t- much taller than me, but a man, aside from the first girl. Oh, that that's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I thought you were out here slapping girls. No, just the Which first one. Which also, like, you're allowed to. Just, just the yeah. first one. Just the first one. <laughs> yeah. But I lost that horribly. But like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, everyone else has been really much bigger. And that's the thing is like it made it made no sense. It's more about I would go into these rage blackouts sort of thing. Um mm. but yeah, I, that's, that's so funny. Wait, what about the worst meanest thing done to you? God. I mean, so much of my dad stuff, but like that doesn't even count. I I guess the meanest thing anyone's I was going to do the urinal getting like my head crushed into yes. the wall while I'm peeing story that people already know. But that's not even mean. Like it's, it's I deserved it because I was like, Sagaji Pagaji, yeah, you know, yeah. outside just like <laughs> snarling. So like I'm not saying it was warranted, yeah. but it was like cause and effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mean. OK, uh, <clears throat> this is a cousin I recently saw in Atlanta. He's 45 years old now. He, um, when, I'm, when I was five and he was 10, uh-huh. I made the mistake of telling everyone in my family that there was a girl named um, Jennifer Han uh-huh. in my class that I was going to marry. Ooh, mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to marry her. And then us, I think that was like a Monday. And then that Saturday comes along and I, I'm, you know, I finish watching X-Men in the morning. Yes. 11, 11 a.m. Uh-huh. And then I get a call on my um, corded phone, apartment okay. phone. Yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I wait. I, 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 t- I pick it up. And I'm like, that was it? Yeah. Because I, w- I wouldn't say hello. No. Like, I never answered the phone hello. Yeah. I always answered the phone, yobzeo. Yeah. And because only Korean people would call. Yeah. And she was, and then all of a sudden I hear, hey, it's me, Jennifer. And I was like, hey. He's like, oh, I'm outside right now in the courtyard. Can you come down? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And then I hang up the phone and I 
take the I I, I press the elevator. Yeah. It's taking too long, so I go from the sixth floor all the way down the oh stairs. Oh my gosh! Running down the stairs yeah. to see this girl that I'm in love with. Yes. And I come outside, and I and I'm in the courtyard. I'm like Jennifer, Jennifer, where are you? Where are you, Jennifer? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I I hear my cousin Quan like snickering in the bush. He's like, <laughs> and he gets up. <laughs> And he's just pointing at me and laughing at me. And I remember this was five. I was five. That's crazy. I remember feeling so embarrassed. Yes. And I was like, I'm never going to love again. (laughs) What a messed up thing to do to a five year old. A five year old. And he's coming home saying like, I there's a girl I want to marry. Like, what a sweet little cute thing. Yes. And he. He had to pervert it. See, my cousin, that's what my, my cousins are fucking yeah. mean. I can tell you how many times they try to convince me to get into a washing machine, to get into like <laughs> weird stuff. They're all like, oh, yeah, we'll give you five dollars because I was the smallest kid always. And so like I was smaller than, all, you know, I could fit in weird places. They're so small. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I can tell you how many times they're just like put me in really horrible, dangerous situations. My mom oh finally my yelled God. at them was like, I only oh. she literally I remember when her she yelled at my cousins being like I only have one. You only have one what? My mom cousin? yelled at my cousins being like I only have one kid. Don't oh. don't <laughs> don't ruin her. Don't ruin her. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, <laughs> a moment of sweetness from Mrs. Kid. I mean, basically she's saying I don't have a spare kid. Don't fuck this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that ruined special moment, <laughs> we're going to say goodbye. Thank you for uh, uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for asking your questions. Ajumashow at gmail.com or the socials. Let us know. We love when you reach out. Hit up the Patreon uh, and hit up the reviews. If you like us, spread the word. All right. Remember, we'll be in D.C. in December. Bye. 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 Audio.